Welcome to episode one of the Yellow Ladybugs podcast series four on supporting autistic girls and gender diverse students at school and beyond. This podcast series is brought to you by the Department of Education and Training Victoria. Join us for this episode where Katie will be introducing the conference and discussing the key issues impacting autistic girls and gender diverse youth right now. Katie will focus on the hidden unmet needs of our community. This podcast shares some of the most powerful content from our supporting autistic girls and gender diverse students at school and beyond, which took place in May 2023. We hope it will provide a valuable source of support, guidance and advice for our community of autistic girls and teens and all of those who support them, including parents, carers and teachers. So let's get underway with episode one. In the spirit of reconciliation, Yellow Ladybugs acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend their respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Welcome to the Yellow Ladybugs Conference for 2023, supporting autistic girls and gender diverse young people at school. This is our third year of delivering an incredible three-day online and in-person learning opportunity. And I'm Katie Kulas, the CEO and founder of Yellow Ladybugs. I'd like to start by offering the warmest of welcome to all of you in our community, whether you are neurodivergent yourself, a committed ally to the autistic community, or someone new to the world of autism who is here to learn, welcome. Please know that you are joined today by an incredible audience of autistic individuals, parents and caregivers, young people, teachers and educators, allied health professional, policymakers, advocates and so much more. So welcome. And if you don't know, Yellow Ladybugs is an autistic-led organization where non-government charity committed to improving the lives of autistic girls, women and gender diverse people. We've been on the front line of advocacy and change for our community, gosh, nearly seven years now. And we have always done this by sharing from lived experience with our own brand of authenticity, love and genuine care. We are all here over the three days of this conference to create change for our autistic young people, ourselves and our systems and our society. We are doing this by taking the collective wisdom from our wise, insightful and generous autistic community and passing it on to each and every one of you. We hope this will encourage teachers, parents, health professionals and allies to rethink how they support autistic individuals. We will challenge you and guide you to approach things differently, always upholding our philosophy of being a safe place to turn to, trauma-informed and neuro-affirming. And we encourage you to share what you learned today with everyone that you know. The overall theme of this conference is supporting autistic girls and gender diverse students at school and beyond. And our aim is to help everyone gain a better understanding of how to support the learning and well-being needs of our ladybugs. That's what we're all here for. So to do this, we have brought together such an extraordinary collection of panellists. We are so, so proud. And they are going to celebrate 
in such diversity themselves. We've got teachers, psychologists, speech pathologists, OTs, art therapists, researchers, students, parents, psychiatrists, advocates, oh my gosh, and more. In fact, I think we've got over 50 individual contributors and the vast majority of them are neurodivergent themselves. And there's like, oh, I'm sure there's over 20 hours of content for you. And we have gone above and beyond in both depth and breadth of conference content because we want to deliver you the very best conference we can. And I'm so grateful to everyone who has contributed to this conference and who has been so generous in sharing their lived experience, their professional insights, and so often a combination of the two of them. So as we have said so many times before, we are here to amplify, empower, validate the full diversity of autistic experiences can't wait for you to join us over the next three days. So in this, our third year, we already have an incredible track record and thank you for all your feedback in delivering content that is profoundly life-changing. And we know this year we will deliver insights, laughter, many tears, love, humility, passion and fire. It is going to be big. But before we dive into the conference schedule, I'm going to quickly revisit some of the language and overarching concepts that feature throughout this conference. Before we go into some of the conversation around the language we use, I wanted to quickly talk to you about why girls or why gender diverse individuals. Well, Yellow Ladybugs has always been about supporting autistic girls and gender diverse people. We've evolved with that, but it's because women, girls and gender diverse people are being misdiagnosed, misunderstood or missed completely. We are less identifiable and diagnosed later than cis males. If you don't know what that is, have a quick Google, and we may not receive appropriate, timely, or adequate support. The statistics are sh shocking, and you can go back to previous content we've shared around mental health and a whole range of other issues that being autistic and socialised as female is an impact on how we are identified and supported in the community. So it's been a passion for us to shine a light on those of us who are more hidden. There's many misconceptions, as you can see on screen, um, which we will go through throughout the conference because we're told that many of us can't be autistic because we're too social or many of our ladybugs are just shy or anxious. And so this is the real frustration that we're still seeing. So there is no female presentation as such, but there is a can be described as external or external presentations, and they can vary. But some common gender-based misconception that I'll continue on is, like I said earlier, is things such as, how can you be autistic? You can talk, you can make eye contact, they're social, or she's just sensitive, or she has friends and an imagination and empathy and doesn't line up toys, how is she autistic? And you know, she's not having meltdowns and outbursts. She doesn't need that support. She's fine. And all of this um, is the stereotype and the stigma that we are trying to smash. And this is what we do at Yellow Ladybugs. And you can go through a lot of our previous content that we've talked about on this specific topic. So I'm not going to spend too much time on it because we've got so much more to cover today. But in terms of mental health especially, the internal autistic experience um, 
you know, it's often found in girls and gender diverse young people because, like I said, of that internalisation. But it does mean that what's on the surface isn't what's going on inside for us. There's a lot more going on and we might not present it. And that leads to a lot more risks. Um, we're more vulnerable to exploitation. We're more susceptible to burnout, poor self-esteem, increased anxiety and depression, um, greater risk of mental health crisis. And so this is why we want to make sure that throughout the theme of this conference, each of you are being a detective. So that's going to be a challenge because we want you to look under the surface and see what's going on. So I did mention masking, and for those that aren't familiar with the term, last year's conference we did break this down a bit more. But, you know, often people go, well, everyone masks. Everyone's different depending on which group of people they're with. But it's the depth and the consistency and, you know, the intensity of how many of us who are autistic do mask and there's a great term that we've referenced called adaptive morphing and it's an unconscious act and really it's where the subconscious mind takes over and it's not really a choice per se it's a, a lot of the time you're morphing yourself to adapt to the situation purely to avoid stress um, to avoid any bullying or conflict and it's a, your body's way of coping when there is an overwhelming need to hide from harm or for many of those of us who are neurodivergent to feel safe. And so this is a really important term to understand because it's very much linked to the internalised autistic experience our ladybugs do have. So you will find more about this in a resource I'll talk about later if you want to delve into this, and um, that's a free download you can get off our website. So I talked a bit about meltdowns um, and how many of our ladybugs at school at home um, have different presentations. So at school, a lot of our ladybugs are fine and they're calm on the surface and they're not disruptive. They may get overlooked for, for um, any support because of this, but when they get home, they may have a meltdown. And so it's really important to understand a meltdown is not a, um, it's not really trying to, you know, have a tantrum for, it's it's really not. It's an outward expression of stress and the buildup of that. And it's, a release of that and and in the resource that I'll talk about later it's like the coke bottle effect of shaking it up all day and it comes out so it's a it's a way for our body to regulate our mind and rest stress levels and throughout the conference you'll hear about meltdowns but you'll also hear about shutdowns and I think this is a really critical one to talk about because shutdowns all about that internal response to stress and you know, even though the stresses may be the same for both meltdowns and shutdowns, a shutdown may be less noticeable as it becomes, you know, more protective and inward. And to the outside world, it might not appear that anything's going on. And it's really a coping mechanism to stay calm and escape from what's causing you stress. So there's some signs there on the screen of what a shutdown is. And I definitely recommend you follow up on the resource that we'll have um, attached to today's intro. So it's really important for you to understand that whole internalised experience does have lots of elements to it. I've only given you a couple. What I'm going to talk about now is the identity first language because it's you'll hear it throughout the conference. Um, we will talk about being autistic rather than has autism. And we believe being autistic is an intrinsic part of 
our identity. It also respects mostly our community's preferences. So identity first is using I am autistic rather than um, language for, um, yeah, using has autism. So that's our preference as, as an autistic-led organisation. If you're unsure, you can ask who the individual or your child or your student or even yourself, you know, do what's best for you. But this is just something that you will notice throughout our conference. And, you know, um, I discovered I was autistic. Well, I self-identified for many, many years. I was formally identified, I think it was last year, just before the conference. And for me, discovering I was autistic has given me what I was searching for my whole life. And, you know, it sounds corny, but it's given me me and um, a key to really understand why and how and who I am. And I really do feel like I fit into me now and I'm allowing myself to embrace my identity and, you know, stop being what other people need me to be. And part of that is is understanding that autism is part of who I am intrinsically. And, you know, I, I think that the best way when I identify with identity first language is helps me understand that. So, you know, again, it's personal choice, but it's, yeah, it's something we definitely encourage. Okay, neurodiversity terms explained. I'd like to provide a quick recap on the language of neurodiversity as it's so important that we get this right. So neurodiversity is an umbrella term used to describe the natural diversity of human brains, just like biodiversity explains the variety of plant life, neurodiversity explains the variety of human minds. Jumping across to neurodiverse, well, that's the term for a group of people with different types of brains. This group can include a mix of neurodivergent people, neurodivergent, neurotypical brains, and it's really important to understand an individual cannot be neurodiverse. So don't say they are neurodiverse. It's not possible. Um, neurodivergent is the word for a person whose brain differs from the statistical norm and diverges from what society deems typical. And for example, an autistic person, an autistic person is neurodivergent, whereas a neurotypical person is a person whose brain doesn't differ from the statistical norm and falls within what society deems typical or more common, i.e. a neurotypical person. What I'm going to do is jump into two other terms and the next one is neuroaffirming or neurodiversity affirming if you've heard of that and so many people are using this. It means honouring differences and not considering them as deficits that need to be fixed. It means you have considered, acknowledged and validated autistic identity and our culture. It is being mindful of the language you use and appreciating that neurodivergent people want to be the best version of themselves, not neurotypical passing. It is not teaching neurodivergent people to suppress who they are, masking their natural selves so that they can fit in. No, 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 no. So that is really important to understand that part. And I do actually also have there on the slide neuromajority and neuro-minority. So you can see there that neuro-majority um, is currently aka neurotypical people and neuro-minority is the group of people whose brains are wired differently. As I said to the norm at this point in time, neurodivergent brains are the neuro-minority. And the reason I say this point in time, yes, it's an oxymoron, but to me, you know, 
who knows in the future what happens. Oh, that's a mouthful. Oh, and also as an end note, I would like to briefly discuss why the term ASD is incompatible with the language of neurodiversity. And this is a point that neurodivergent psychologist Sandia Menon recently made, and I've shared her graphic here. It's really powerful because neurodiversity and ASD are inherently incompatible paradigms. And just to quote Sandia, Neurodiversity equals a move away from the idea that there is one normal way to be, think, do or play towards accepting all kinds of minds. On the other hand, the D in ASD equals disorder, a disruption to normal functioning. These two things are inherently incompatible. And when these terms are seen together on the same page, website or promotion, this is one of the biggest signs that neurodiversity has been adopted as the marketing buzzword. And it's a sign that an individual may have heard the word somewhere, thought it sounded cool and popped it onto their newsletter. It's a sign they haven't yet done the deeper work. So neurodiversity is not a buzzword. It's a profound paradigm shift. That means we need to question everything. It's a meaning and implications for how neurodivergent individuals are treated across workplaces, schools, and relationships. So everyone does need to do the work on that. It's not just simply slapping that on. So thank you so much for Sandia for sharing that. Okay, so I'm going to talk about reframing behavior a bit here because we also continue in our mission to reframe our understanding of behavior as this is one of the most powerful ways we can improve the short and long-term mental health and well-being of our autistic young people. Okay, so as Dr. Green will be explaining this morning, kids do well when they can and if they can. And if they can't do well, we need to see external behaviour as a signal. As this graphic from NeuroWorld illustrates, there are so many reasons why our neurodivergent kids can't do well, including neurotypical expectations, sensory dysregulation, emotional dysregulation, etc. And as the second NeuroWild graphic demonstrates, while the temptation is to say this child's behaviour is so hard, we don't know what to do or how do we stop this child's challenging behaviour, what we need to be doing is digging deeper, being the detective, as I said earlier, being curious and looking beneath the surface to understand what is going on looking to the causes underneath in that really awesome illustration, things like aggression, running away, self-injuring, won't listen, are all signals. And the hidden or unmet needs beneath, these are the things that we will be, you will be hearing about again and again and again over the next three days. Things such as burnout, masking, sensory overload, lack of accommodations, neurotypical expectation, trauma, so I really, really love this image because it really visualises how we need to dig deeper to see what's going on. And I've got another slide for you with Mona Dalla-Hook, actually, who is also presenting, but how do we help? Well, as you will be hearing, neuroscience is very clear on this. Human brains, when they are distressed and subconsciously experiencing threat, need safety. Please understand that relational safety and connection and this can be best achieved through co-regulation being the calm in their chaos very very important 
And Dr. Mona Dallahook will be speaking beautifully and compassionately about the power of co-regulation and relational safety this morning and how to access all of these things and how they're especially important for our neurodivergent children whose nervous systems are especially vulnerable to the threat-based responses of fight, flight, freeze, fawn, etc. Moda Dollar Hook is also one of our many speakers, as I said, who will be talking about why old behaviour management systems based around compliance and rewards and consequences can be so harmful. It is like death by a thousand paper cuts. Okay, so returning to NeuroWild, we love her illustration so much. Compliance-based teaching and therapies are harmful for our neurodivergent children and, in fact, to all children, let's be honest, because when we focus on compliance and changing external behaviour, we are not seeing the hidden or unmet need. We are not actually getting to the source of the distress. We are teaching the child that they don't have autonomy. We are teaching them that they don't get to say no when saying no is telling us, I don't feel safe. And there are long-term consequences too. And M. Hammond from Neuroad makes this point so powerfully in our opening panel this morning. Make sure you tune in. Children who aren't allowed to say no become adults who don't know how to say no. Let that sink in. You will be hearing a lot more about all of this over the next three days and our call to action is for all of us to commit to being curious and open-minded to being the detectives that our young people need us to be. So with all of that said and done, I really encourage you to download some of these resources. Um, basically, what I'll explain is we've got now, it's an older resource that the language is getting updated on, the spotlight on girls with autism. Obviously, language has evolved since then. It's still very worth downloading until we do get the newer version. And you can go to our website, yellowladybugs.com.au for that. We've also got supporting the mental health of autistic and gender diverse young people, which has just come out. And you can download that for free on our website or you can purchase it at our merch store um, if you want the hard copy to take to school, to write on, to highlight. And, of course, without have to give a big plug for this, it's our new book and many of, to, um, many of the people as part of this conference have contributed in some way or another, but it is autistic-led and written. It is honestly going to change, help save lives, and it's everything I wish I had known at the start of my Ladybug's journey. So that is available for pre-sales and it's literally at the printer as we speak. So please get in and get your copy of that. I just wanted to thank you so much for tuning in to day one and I really hope that you get a lot out of it. It means the world to us and thank you so much. Thank you for listening to episode one of our series supporting autistic girls and gender diverse students at school and beyond please be sure to check out the resources mentioned on our website if you found this content useful please share it with your community in our next episode we will be discussing what your autistic students and children want you to know with three autistic panelists 
M. Hammond from Eurowile, Hannah Smith from The Atypical Teacher, Louise Chandler, known on Insta as Neurodivergent Lou. We look forward to you joining us then.